Hello, I'm Susan Dunlop and welcome to episode 15 of Coffee and Contemplation with Women. Today's podcast is taking a more focused format. Rather than across a woman's whole life journey, we're going to be hearing one extraordinary real woman share how she's taken all the experiences she's given herself since leaving high school, shaping up a business plan so that she'll come out the other end of COVID-19 tunnel with a plan to thrive, not just survive. You'll possibly have listened to episode 13. That's our 70-something nana, Marg. Marg was put forward by her granddaughter. And as always, the women who put someone forward that they admire usually also catch my attention. Today's guest is that granddaughter, Sienna Lucas. Sienna is 26 and she's not just Marg's granddaughter, but she is also the partner of my daughter, Danielle. This past Sunday, we were having lunch with Sienna and Danielle out in our garden and Sienna casually just showed us she'd launched a new Instagram page for her new business. I love the casualness of it, but I know beneath that as a business owner myself and a coach, that whole body smile, the breathing of life into a new business feels like. So on Sunday, my mind started zinging around happily listening to this lovely young woman's idea. There was her business sparkling into life just by summoning up the courage to take the idea forward, you know, first one step and then the next. So today, that's what we're going to focus on, on career, profession, passion, business, a pivot and how that's all come about. Welcome, Sienna. Hello, how are you? Pretty good. Nice to see you. <laughs> Oh, I can see you. They can't see you, but I can see you. <laughs> um, so, Sienna, I think that's, we, we've decided we're not going to do the whole life story because I think this is sort of quite um, a, a really good topic to cover. Other women in the 20s and 30s have spoken to me and said they'd like to hear more women's stories of how they've made um, a shift or how they've experienced life and turned that into a business. So that's why I thought we'd just go into that it's a big enough topic I think for a half hour talk for sure <laughs> yeah so Sienna when you were a child what did you want to be when you grew up and how has that worked out for you so far um I think as a kid from memory I always wanted to be a vet to be honest um I loved animals and we had a lot as a kid between my dad's house and my mum's house and my grandparents as well enjoyed hanging out with other animals, but that quickly turned into wanting a catering business because my grandma was a really good baker, sorry, my great-grandmother. Um, and that, I think, one of me, I wanted to sort of venture into cooking and then being able to bring food and for people to enjoy. But further down the track, that ended up being a market stall. Oh, what market stall did you have? Um, so I bought the market stall at Noosa Farmer's Market um, at the age of 17 with a boyfriend at the time, and that was the brekkie shack. So it was bacon and egg burgers, and everything was sourced from the market. We had homemade relishes, beautiful, nice French baguette bread, and yeah, that was the sort of start of my career, I guess. Okay. And did you stick with that for long, or what, what happened next? That was about 18 months, I think, that lasted. And that was a real challenge at the beginning. Like, I'd, I'd learned a lot. I was only 17. Mm. But I'd worked within the market business from the age of 13. 
um, working for the German Sausage Guy at your Monday market and traveling with him, doing festivals. So I really got a, I had a no for the market scene probably at a really young age, which was fun. And then finished up with that as I'd started working as a dental nurse of all things, straight yeah. out of school. So straight away I had, yeah, six days a week work at the age of 18. So I missed out on those really crazy year of being 18 and supposed to be going clubbing. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, and did you stay then in the dental industry for long or how, what is the dental industry like? Uh, the dental industry, I really enjoyed that as well. I loved working with the children. Um, I worked with a really cool dentist, um, Tim Keyes. He actually owns his own practice down the coast now, um, just in pediatrics. So he was probably my favorite dentist I've ever worked with. Um, taught me a lot and I pretty much did my traineeship with him. Okay. What have you done in between? So how old were you when you finished doing that work? Um, I think I was probably, I moved over to Canada at the age of 19. Come to the conclusion I didn't want a market stall and I'd finished my traineeship at the dentist and I'd always wanted to travel and then it was time for the next adventure. So myself and two of my girlfriends decided we'd move to Canada together and live in the really cold parts of the world and work on a ski lift. So that was the next adventure. Yeah, so I did a year in Vancouver, so I worked up on a mountain there for the winter and the summer season. Learned to snowboard, had an awesome time doing that. Got a massive shoulder injury, which prevented me from probably doing any more snowboarding. Um, and then I came home, I ended up having surgery on my shoulder. And then I just put my head down and I started working full time again, back doing dentistry. And then I waited until I had enough money for the next holiday or the next, yeah, the next big holiday. So that was Southeast Asia in 2016. Okay. So the travel bug was always there then once you'd been to your first trip. Always there. It was yeah. definitely something that happens as a travel bug. Yeah. Okay. And then so you I, went to Asia and then. So I did three months around Southeast Asia, a month in Japan on the way home. I've got an uncle that lives over there. So that was, fun and then that came to an end pretty quick and came home to earn a little bit more cash and then found myself organizing a trip throughout Europe that I was on my own for and last minute I had a friend join me so I had a friend Marnie from down in Newcastle join me for that one um, and then I moved into London at the end of 2016 I think no, okay. sorry wrong year It's a bit COVID-19 type of year, really, that none of us know what year we did anything. I think it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. I understand. You went to London. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's sort of a bit, to me, a bit of a tapestry that you've already woven in just nine years since you've left school. Was there any, um, like, you know, experiences from that that you've taken forward into where you are now? in terms of your career? Um, I think like as soon as I moved into London, everyone had told me that you'll probably just get a bar job. That's pretty much what everyone tends to do, especially being Australian. So I applied for a few jobs in London and then ended up with a 
job in a craft beer bar in central London near Victoria Station. And I'd never poured a pint until that day. So oh. fast forward six months later and I was um, assistant manager. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was the bar's name? So that was uh, Cask Pub and Kitchen. So they actually own 10 still independently run throughout London. The rest of them were called the Craft Beer Co. Okay. Um, had 14 taps of craft beer and over 350 cans and bottles in the fridge to pick from. And what actually moved you into your love of craft beer? Like, is that, is that the only thing you drink? Because I, I believe I know you do drink beer. Um, is that the only thing you like to drink? No, I think the beginning, I'd always like to try new beers. I used to work with a dentist that also used to make his own craft beer at home and craft spirits. So I used to love trying his stuff and exploring. And I was always the one out of a group of friends that would rock up with a six pack of assorted beers just to try something new. I think the first beer I really started drinking was 150 Lashes, um, of all things, which I probably wouldn't drink these days. (laughs) (laughs) And then working in the pub in London just really opened up my eyes to the flavours and the styles and what's out there to try. Okay. Do you know, um, because, I mean, craft beer, I know now, like, compared to back in my day, you know, that there would have only been so many beers on a shelf. Okay. When you go to, you know, buy a beer, there was, you know, Victoria Bitter and I think Foster's was even something that came about and all that sort of stuff. But now when you go to a beer shop, I was like, oh my God, there are so many to choose from. When did that start? Do you know? When did the craft beer um, industry really kick off? Um, well, to be honest, I think Australia is a little bit behind everywhere else. Um, the U.S. sort of came into the styles after, oh, I'm not sure what year, but you've got like a lot of different styles in different parts of the world. And I think once they've all come together, you can start trying new things. So there's the whole Belgian style of beers and French style of beers. And you've got um, your English bitters, which are probably the most common beer you drink over there. And they tend to drink it a little bit warmer when we, than we do here. But um, Australians tend to just really like, yeah, a Foster's, which where do you ever see Foster's on tap anymore? Yeah. But it's a great Northern or a Forex. We like to drink really boring beers. Okay. <laughs> and in, in terms of sort of your induction into that, um, the passion around you know, craft beer, because I know that's what you worked in um, and we'll cover that in a minute. Um did someone actually guide you along and, and really explain to you, like, as you said, all the different flavors and had like, I know, I mean, I know people who own like the champagne club, say for instance, and she's like, she will know everything about champagne or, you know, you hear people talking about wines, but I've never heard anyone with the passion for craft beer until I came across you. <laughs> um, I think having the range of beers that they had in the pub. Um, so it was, sorry, 14 keg lines we had. Um, and then there was 10 cask lines. So cask beer being sitting about 12 degrees temperature, which is the most common beer you drink over there is cask ales. Um, every afternoon would, or evening would sit down and you'd have a beer after every shift. So naturally I had to try each one, um, which soon became a bit of a habit of having two or three beers after the end of every shift. 
and sharing amongst staff and uh, my boss is actually Australian, Glenn. He pretty much taught me a lot and then Holly, a girl I became really good friends with in the UK, she she had the passion and the knowledge and I just listened to her, the way she'd explain to customers what something was and she actually gave me a massive book as well. So it was good to sit down and read and I was just fascinated by what there was. Coming into this year, um, you were working in the craft beer industry, I know, as we turned the clocks into 2020. And now we're in this space of the um, the tunnel, as I call it, of COVID-19. How have you responded during the challenging time that we've just been through or still probably going to be going through for a few months ahead? Um, I think at the beginning, I'd actually, I'd finished up my role at Land and Sea Brewery in Noosa as a sales rep which was a really cool year to work there. I learned a lot, sort of saw the opposite side of being on the bar to selling the beer to people that want to drink it. Um, And I finished up there just to take some time off and wait for the new adventure. And uh, just so happened a week later that COVID started. So I've definitely had to have some time off and just Mm. been organizing myself and seeing what's about. And it's been nice to slow down. For an extended period. Okay. Um, mentally, physically, are you feeling the pressure? I mean, you, you were obviously in a sales role. You were out and about all the time and on fire, I imagine, the way you operate. How does it feel like to be out of work right now and knowing that industry probably hasn't had much of a turn as at last week, I suppose, this week may be changing. But what do you think? How are you going? Um, I think at the beginning, I was really stressed about not having work. Um, I've always been a worker if I've not been traveling. Um, I really like to just have a, I like to be organized and start and finish my day from, you know, eight, nine to five or eight to four and get everything done as quickly as possible is generally how I work. So it took a little bit of time for me to slow down, chill out and, and learn to just take every day as it's come. Okay. Are you doing anything to, to keep yourself balanced? Um, I've joined a gym, which is very rare for me to do. Um, oh. Down the other end of the coast, I thought whilst I've got some time off, I may as well help myself a bit more. Um, okay. I've started surfing and I also joined an AFL club this year. So it's been a big year so far. So your vision for 2020 in relation to your career, like you, you say, you'd stopped, you would land and see, you'd stopped, you were about to come up with a new opportunity. Um, how is your vision looking for 2020 now in terms of where you were thinking and where you're headed? Um, I think at the beginning of the year, I'd sort of seen myself saving a lot of money and sticking to a job for a really long period of time and seeing it through and then a few months later decided I'd give myself a break and find out what I really want to do next and then here we are and I think I've got some time to sort of think about exactly what I want to do and I still want to stick to the craft beer industry and that might be still doing a full-time role and then starting my own business on the side. Okay so in terms of that um, like we've heard a lot in social media of people probably treating um, the shutdowns 
as an opportunity for a sabbatical. Other ones, obviously, it's, it's pretty stressful, I imagine, for most people to be out of an income suddenly. You know, it's very un-Australian to be told we're not working. Um, so with the turn of events, you have had, obviously, what we were talking about on Sunday was your light bulb moment at some stage in there. Um, so can we talk now about your business idea and where you're headed? So basically... I've, it wasn't too much a light bulb moment. I've had this idea for a little while. Um, I had sort of come up with the idea on the back of being in the UK and there was a lot of, like, there's so many beers to try. And after seeing all the beers you can try, so many people don't get to try all of those. I mean, there's the UK beers, there's the American beers, and there's so many different styles. I wanted to have something that is a beer subscription in a nutshell, but it's not just Australian beers or it's not just Queensland beers. Being on the Sunshine Coast, I think we're so isolated to what we can drink. There's, you know, maybe 20 breweries around here, but we only get the option of those and then the mass craft lagers. We don't get to try stuff from Perth or from Adelaide and Basically, my idea was to be able to share everything from around Australia and then eventually internationally beers that we don't normally get to try around here. Okay. And that's coming from you as, a, you know, from the London experience. But how many beers did you say you've tried uniquely, like each unique taste? So I think from, from my app that I have, so Untapped is an app where you check in all your beers and it's a, probably a bit more of a craft beer nerd nerd out type of app to use but the guys in London got me onto that and from the beers that I remember drinking and that I've taken pictures of um, I've got the unique amount of just a short of 1,300 on there. Okay so you're a wee bit experienced in the um, in the craft beer side of things. Very privileged to be able to drink all those beers. <laughs> <laughs> so your beer I'm um, sorry your your business um you're calling craft not crap so that was always a word that came about every time someone would come into the pub and you're drinking craft beer not necessarily just mass-produced ales and lagers you want to drink support local and drink new styles and stuff that supports the small industry pretty much okay um, in terms of the craft beer industry, um, is there anything you'd wish you'd known before you'd entered it um, or started so that you know as you're starting your own business that it might help you? Um, I'd wish I'd caught on to learning the Cicerone course earlier, I think. Um, what was that, sorry? I would have really liked the Cicerone course. Mm-hmm. So that is basically... There's wine sommeliers out there and there's a course called um, Cicerone. So there's four levels in that which you can um, pretty much go through the ranks. It's testing and pretty much learning the world of beers that we have today. Oh, wow. Are you doing that course? Have you done it? Yeah, I'm currently doing that course at the moment. So I've just um, started the... Um, beer server part of it and then you can go on to certified Cicerone, Master Cicerone and then 
forget the last one. Advanced Cicerone. <laughs> Master yeah. incredible Cicerona. Yeah. <laughs> the best. Yeah. Um, what do you think people that are outside of that industry, how do they view your profession? Is it, you know, is in terms of is it a, a male industry, female industry, you know, that type of thing? Uh, generally, it's been a male-dominated industry. Um, going into that, I think I've had a lot of, like, good, really good support in the UK and in Australia as well. Um, I did a lot of brewing in the UK and collaborations with other breweries, and they're always really welcoming to have you in there and learn their trade. Um, and then coming home to the UK as well, starting at Land and Sea Brewery, they really gave me an opportunity to show them my skills in beer. And I think that's what sort of led me towards doing the sales role. Um, and then now having time off, I've spoken to a lot of other breweries around and um, Pedro from Boiling Pot, he's very welcoming. He's had me in there a few times. Uh, the guys out at Torella Brewery, they've welcomed me in and said when they're ready to start brewing again that I can come in there too. Um, so it is generally male-dominated industry, but there's women coming in now and it's really cool to be able to see that. Um, there's a lady down in Brisbane. Uh, she works at Range Brewing Alley. She's an assistant brewer there and she's just making some incredible beers. So that's definitely something really inspiring. Okay. Are you interested in that side of things, doing the brewing or in relation to this, um, like, craft not crap in, in the subscription? I would definitely love to brew eventually. Um, I think I just need that little step up into having someone come in and do a traineeship, traineeship or an apprenticeship or whatever that may be to get me started. I'm a very hands-on person and I think that's the best way to do it is, just get in there and start making it. Yeah, wow, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing that it's such a, a it's, it's quite, yeah, a very different industry. And, and we've seen on the Sunshine Coast, as you said, like there's only so many, but there was hardly any when I first moved up here 20 years. And there's, um, you know, it's like nooses. Every time I hear, oh, there's a new brewery going in. So it's a, a big new Yeah, there's. There was definitely a lot around when I got home in 2018. There was the one new brewery that I'd known of that was opening a new store and I was shocked. I was yeah. pretty excited to see what they started producing. And then on the back of that came um, Boiling Pop Brewery. You've got Torella Brewery now out in the hinterland. Copperhead Brewery in Kuroi. Um, Bonsai out at Pomona or Karen. And yeah, they're just popping up all over the place. Mm. It's the new trend. Yeah. Um, so on, on that topic, just before we moved into that, you were sort of talking about, you know, women coming into the industry. Is there any sort of um, support or network or is there an association that like, like a lot of industries have that say young professionals association, I know one of my clients um, is part of, is there any sort of thing like that to help you guys to get together and talk? Yeah, so there's the Pink Boot Society. Um, they support, it's a, actually a not-for-profit organisation and they really support women in the brewing industry and it's all over the world. They're global. Oh, so okay. They often put up scholarships. Um, so you apply for a scholarship, which I've applied for one so far, didn't quite make it, but not to say that there's plenty more to come. Um, they just really want to promote women brewing and they have brew days 
Uh, I missed out on one this year, I think it was, yeah. So end of last year, I missed out on one, but um, there's definitely room to grow with them and they've got a really fantastic thing going and helping women get in there and start making beer. Oh, cool. That's really good. That's what, yeah, it's nice to hear that in an industry that um, they're thinking to support people. Um, yeah. In it being a, a new business plan, so interesting just talking to you. It's like it's, as I said, on Sunday, it's like, oh, I've got a new business plan. But you've got a, a wealth of experience in all you've just shared that you've done in the UK and then what you, um, you've done back here and you're even on I suppose not on your work days, it is actually something you're passionate about. So what is your goal this year in relation to getting um, craft, not crap off the ground? How's it going to work for you? I guess my goal this year would be just to slowly start the business. I don't want to rush it too much. Okay. Um, I'll definitely go back to working in the craft beer industry when that is, I'm not sure, but I'd probably go back to a full-time job and then start Craft Not Crap on the side and slowly get that up and running and hopefully get out some really good beer to people in the long run. Okay. Is it going to be something that's complementary to anyone you work for? If you work for a particular brewery or is it across bigger than that? Um, It's bigger than that. I think it's really, I want to be able to showcase so many different breweries and really support the new ones coming in show off who they are, whether they're from Perth, whether they're from Adelaide, um, not just necessarily Queensland. I want to be able to get beer to Queenslanders that's from Perth or from the Northern Territory. There's so much room and there's so many breweries popping up here, there and everywhere that it's definitely not a dying industry. No. And is that, um, so what's standing in your way to make that happen? I think a little bit of motivation. Um, I just want to make sure I've got it right before I say, yes, let's go. Okay. Have you done any of the the nitty gritty businessy stuff yet? Like, you know, create a, even a a simple business plan or? Um, I've started jotting things down slowly, um, getting into the logo and whatnot now. And I'm actually struggling to find someone that creates a cardboard box the size of 16 beverages, which is crazy. Oh, really? Wow. So that's been the biggest hurdle this week. Um, and then, yes, just keep going and see what happens. Okay. But it's nice to hear you've got the – I see a lot of people say, I'm just going to give up my day job and go and start this new thing. But, you know, I know from myself that I've started businesses, but I've had to actually get myself to a pain point um, where I've not been able to give up one to just jump into the other. But you sound like you've got a bit of a um, slow and steady, will win the race type of attitude. Yeah, I want to get it right and I don't want to just give up my day job. I enjoy getting out there and talking to people and I'll slowly get a rapport with all these breweries and whatnot all around Australia first and then go from there. Mm, And how is that going to feel for you to achieve that? That'll, I think, feel very good eventually. It'll be nice to be able to get beer to all the beer nerds out there. Have you got a goal to get that beer tally of yours up to any particular number? Um, I always, when I first started, I got a thousand unique beers in a year. And then when I came home to Australia, I sort of, sorry, it was a thousand in two years. 
um, when I got home to Australia, it really slowed down. There, I wasn't getting out there and getting around to all the breweries, but I think just aim on a healthy amount of beers, not too many in one day. Okay, yeah. And how do you go with drinking the beers? Because obviously they're all different alcohol contents. And is it like is it like wine tasting that you take a sip and spit it out? Never spit it out. I would never spit beer out. <laughs> Um, I think you always want to start with a lighter stuff. If you're going to go straight to heavy things like 10% Imperial IPAs, you're really going to ruin your palate for those really nice, light, juicy, just easy drinking ales. So definitely start off the lighter ones and venture into some sour beers and then go from there. Have you got a favourite beer of all time? That's a very hard one. I can imagine that many little tastes. I had a beer at a beer festival in Scotland in 2018, and that was by a brewery called Cloudwater from the UK, and it was a mango sour. I think it's at about 5%, and it was just like thick mango juice, and it was really incredible. Oh. Probably one of my highest picks. Okay, cool. Well, I can say is, um, yes, Tom, my husband, is very, very grateful to have you in his family um, <laughs> because you are a, <laughs> a, a, a beer lover, similar to him. Um, and it is lovely to see you passionate about what you actually want to work in, that you, you're not working in an industry just because you've got to have a job. You know, you're working in something that has come from all that, you know, experience you gave yourself. And, yeah, by yeah, people actually taking care to actually you know, bring you into their industry. So yeah, that's a really nice thing to see. And um, yeah, it was enlightening to, as I said, to hear you setting up your own business. So that's what I thought it'd be good to share with people to say, you know what, if it's something you love, do it. Or in this case, drink it. <laughs> <laughs> well, bottoms up to you and um, have a, a really lovely week. And yeah, so this is episode 15. As I said, um, it was very nice of Sienna to say, yes, let's talk about one particular thing rather than go on a, a massive journey today. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you again, Sienna, for coming and sharing your story today. Thank you very much, Susan. It was a pleasure. Okay, cool. All right. Catch you all later. <laughs>